NFT domains make your wallet address human readable. Badges make your on-chain transactions human readable. Welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast, the official podcast of Unstoppable Domains and the go-to place for everybody to learn about the latest innovations in Web3, NFTs, and the decentralized web. Join us each week to hear from experts, entrepreneurs, and the early stage investors that are building the future on the blockchain. Not only will this podcast help you understand why these emerging technologies are so important, but you'll also learn how you can become a pioneer in the metaverse. GMGM, thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Podcast. My name is Josh Gordon. I'm your host. We're back with another episode with Matthew Gould, CEO of Unstoppable Domains. We're going to talk about on-chain reputation. This is a topic that's one of my favorite ones to dive into. So Matt, appreciate you coming back on the pod. How you doing? Excited to be here, man. I always love joining you and diving in on crypto topics. And reputation is something that is near and dear to my heart. Yeah, you and me have touched on it a few times now in the last couple of months. We've talked about identity. We've talked about the decentralization spectrum. And and now I'm really excited to focus just on reputation and the vision that you see this playing with NFT identity and really like like how that plays a part in the Web3 ecosystem as a whole. Because I think reputation is going to touch a lot of things we do. The dApps we're involved in, the DAOs we're participating in, the, the NFTs communities we own. So this this seems like a pretty encompassing topic. I also think it's probably one of the most important things you can do with blockchain networks outside of money. So I think like if you ask me like what are the two biggest areas of impact that crypto, Bitcoin, blockchain is going to have on everyday behaviors, I think it's going to be money as number one, and then closely behind that, or maybe even equal, is going to be your identity and reputation. Can you start off with saying, you know, what does on-chain reputation mean to you? Like, start off with almost with like a, a definition or a framework for how you think through it. So critically, the most important thing about building Web3 identity and reputation is that it's portable. And then the other critical piece to this is that it's also transparent. And then finally, I think we also need to talk about permissioned or privacy on on these things. So if you really want to build better reputation systems in Web3 than what we have in Web2, you want to build reputation systems that address the problems that we have with Web2. And that means that you want something that's going to be portable. You want something that you're going to have control over as far as privacy. And then you want something that is verifiable so that it's in some way that it's transparent. And when I first started working with reputation and blockchain was a very long time ago. And it was actually the very first apps that I began building inside the blockchain space were on Bitcoin and they were reputation apps. And the very first app that I ever built was an app that allowed people to leave reviews for their purchases that they made with Bitcoin. And this is back when people thought that you would be buying your coffee with Bitcoin and you could make a purchase. And then when you made a purchase, uh, you could 
then write a review and then sign a transaction using the same key that you made that purchase with at that coffee shop in this instance, and then say, you know, this was a wonderful, this was a wonderful place to come uh, for, you know, lunch break. And back then, this is all the way back 2013, Yelp was a very popular uh, application up and coming. And one of the biggest problems was around fake reviews. And so that's a subset of reputation. And what we're trying to solve is how can you make sure that when people are leaving reviews, they're being honest and that they've actually been there so that you know it's actually real. And it's just striking to me that here we are almost a decade later in the blockchain space, and this still hasn't been developed to its potential. And blockchains, I think, have the ability to enable this portable, private, transparent reputation um, on the internet. And it was actually how I uh, first got excited about the space. How do these transactions translate into like reputation? Because when I hear transaction, and I think a lot of people who maybe don't own NFTs, they think of transactions, we're thinking of, I'm just paying you. They're very, it's a very monetary word, right? But these transactions are actually really representative of people's reputations, right? So like how do transactions get beyond just payment and actually show proof of history and, and, that, and that leads to reputation? Let's talk about like an ideal world, and then we'll talk about what, what we currently have right now. But in an ideal world, you could have a bunch of different transactions with all of the favorite apps that you're interacting with on chain, for instance, maybe all the different DeFi apps that you're interacting with, all the NFT projects, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then when you show up to a new application, either a DeFi app or an NFT, or even a DAO, let's say that you wanted to be a part of a DAO, then that organization, that DAO, that app, that NFT group, they could actually take a look. And then in, in a perfect world, they would ask for your permission, right? And they'd ask for, for your permission to take a look at your, your history. And then they could do an analysis on that history and then rate you on how experienced you are. So let's say that you wanted to be the moderator for, you know, Flamingo DAO or something. And you're like, I'm really good at managing the treasury. Well, it'd be really great if you had a bunch of experience on chain that shows that you had managed the treasuries of several several other DAOs and that you had been an active participant in a lot of DeFi protocols because maybe that's how they want you to manage the treasury on that DAO. And that's what's so cool about these blockchain systems is that it is keeping that historical record. Uh, and uh, it's currently imperfect because most blockchains, the historical record is 100% on chain and, and fully transparent, which means that people can take a look at your reputation information on a lot of these blockchain networks without having to ask your permission. But there are improved blockchain networks. <laughs> like uh, So Zcash is a good example here. And if people want to know your history, you actually can choose permission to reveal it. by You can open up basically by signing some, some messages in order to let them see and, and be able to verify that you had done those transactions in the past. So in a perfect crypto world, <laughs> you just basically have automatically collecting all this information about yourself as you're just doing your everyday business across portably, you know, all hundred apps that you interact with. And it's just, this data is compounding for you. And then when you want to interact with new apps, they can take a look at what you've done in the past and, and use that as a basis for giving you specific benefits or permissions and access into their ecosystem. So your online reputation, just to put it bluntly, if I can see that you have traded tens of millions of dollars on Uniswap with your private key, I'm much more likely to think that you're good at treasury management or maybe really bad, right? I had to look at your records than if you had none of that history. So that's just one example. And we're going to have a lot more of those as more transactions 
have an on-chain component. Yeah. And, you know, as you talk through that, I'm kind of realizing a lot of the transactions that are on-chain are those, they're trade executions, or it's when you mint from an NFT contract, right? But what we'll see sooner, sooner than later as companies are building products and applications is transactions will look like posting a blog post or liking content. So in a, in a web two world, every time you click like, or you comment, that's a, I'm, I'm putting quotes up in the air for everyone listening. That's a transaction in a web two world, right? It's, it's, it's a action that's getting logged into a database somewhere. Right. But a lot of the actions that we're doing in web three, a lot of them still happen off chain, like commenting in discord, or, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what else you could throw out right now. That's a web, an NFT thing we're doing that's off chain, but a lot of those transactions aren't actually being recorded on the blockchain, which limits a little bit the reputation we can showcase. Right. And like one of my favorite quotes is the future's already here. It's just unevenly distributed. And you can see already some social protocols, and I'll give a shout out to Lens Protocol at Aave, where they are actually putting a lot more stuff on chain. Like they're trying to put a lot more stuff on chain. And then we're going to get to see how that experiment allows uh, cooler social networks, right? Because there's more of that data is on chain that people can take a look at and then start to build more complex things out of. So we have a long way to go on putting stuff on chain. And then when things go on chain, they just for the people out there who worry about scaling, it doesn't mean that every transaction has to be on the blockchain. Like you're not going to put every uh, tweet on the blockchain, it would explode. But you could aggregate those transactions with these you know, ZK rollups, or you could store you know a hash or a Merkle proof. And then the, the data that you're going to check is going to be you know, on IPFS or maybe even just AWS, and you'll have these you know huge databases off chain that can that have all your Twitter post history. But the verification will le- will live on on chain, and that's what I was talking about earlier. Like, yeah, you want this thing to be uh, portable. You want to have some privacy around that as an end user, and, and you also critically need to be able to verify it. And that's the thing that blockchains bring into the picture, which I think is super interesting and we're going to continue to see more of so you can already see it in the like crypto native places um like with the social profiles on lens and that's where the experimentation is going to be and then over time more and more of these transactions are going to move on chain and even just simply you know usdc coin and stable coins you can imagine your everyday purchases there's just going to be more of that information out there as well which will create huge concerns around privacy which also need to be addressed by the industry but all of this is happening and this is where we're headed yeah I, li- I like that vision and it, it makes sense to me. So let's let's talk about some reputation in Web2 or real life. And so we can start drawing some conclusions around where we might be able to show improvements on that in the future. So I've got some examples that I've drafted up here. I'd, I'd love for you to throw some out too if you have any that are really striking for you. But the, the first one is your work reputation. Now, that's your resume and specifically LinkedIn. And on LinkedIn, we selectively choose what information we present to represent our experience, right? That's me simply, I, I type in my reputation score on, on LinkedIn. No one's fact-checking that. So that is an example of like Web2 reputation. And actually, one of my favorite questions to ask people about their LinkedIn resume is like, what'd you leave off of here? <laughs> like, or like, what's the weakest part of this thing? And what's the thing you, did, you didn't put on here? But yeah, I would consider LinkedIn as 
uh, like in that category of like work credentials, because that's what most people are using it for. And then underneath here also follows like college degrees or uh, maybe your CDL for truck drivers or your certification in a foreign language. And so this broad category of work credentials right now it's kind of painful to verify that information. You know, you hear the stories on uh, the news. It's like, oh, this guy, you know, lied about having a degree at such and such a place, right? And that's a college degree. And those are re reasonably easy uh, to verify. And then once you, once you go off of that, it becomes even harder to verify that stuff. Yeah, there's a famous uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie. I can't remember what it's called right now, but he he's a he's a doctor. He's like a politician. He's a lawyer all in one movie because no one can he falsifies all his documents and no one can actually verify that he's not what he says he is. Yeah. And this is part of the verification piece. And uh, it's actually a huge industry. So there are huge players that work in work credentials for Web2 and companies spend tens of millions of dollars like Walmart. And Amazon, I'm sure, also has this, but they have like work credentials for people who work in their uh, warehouses to make sure they have the proper training, whatever. And then that way they can move portably across uh, the different warehouse places where they where they work. And you know, truck drivers, obviously. So there's just a ton of stuff here. And the uh, problem that you have is that you know you can trust a Walmart credential if you're Amazon, probably. Like right. So like so like if you know if you can see that Walmart says that oh this person is certified for warehouse whatever level and then you're Amazon you're hiring you're like okay yeah that that probably transfers. But if you have a if you have a you know work credential from maybe a smaller shipping and distribution company, it's much more difficult and they don't have a process for standardizing those credentials on chain. And so what we really need is open system for any application or business to be able to post people's credentials so that third parties can then verify that data. And that way, when the user goes from, when the when you go from one interaction to another interaction, you can have them check against a third party who's reputable. Um, and then they can see that record on, on chain so that they know it was you know written properly, right? So this ability to verify is, uh, blocker for really enriching digital identity, basically for every industry. And like, I'm a, I'm a definitely a crypto boomer here, you know, I'm over 30. And uh, so I think about real world things like these work credentials for, for trucking or warehousing or all these other types of places where you may be going, but it's also online on your online, just interacting with apps. So that's work credentials is one that I think is pretty big. Another one we do here at Unstoppable Domains is humanity check. It's like, you know, driver's license, DMV type stuff, KYC. There's a whole bunch of stuff around uh, regulated products that are going to make their way on chain because it's easier. It's going to be just so much cheaper for all these exchanges to verify your KYC or have you verify it one time and then use that portably across. Cause just think about the, the paperwork and the overhead. And if we can make that all digital too. Yeah. So quick, quick question there is if, if we don't have like this humanity check and KYC integration with NFT domains, that means you're going to have to do it. If let's say Coinbase requires it, you have to prove humanity there. And then OpenSea requires it, you have to prove humanity there. And then your next favorite app, like they might all start requiring it in the future. And without that domain integration, you would have to do it over and over and over again. Am I right in that thinking? Correct. Yeah. And and that's why we just think it's a no-brainer to use 
blockchain naming systems, NFT domains, as this consistent identifier across these apps, because you can tie that back once and it's going to do the most important thing, which is save people time and save them money, right? Because you just have to do it once and then you can use the same thing a bunch of different times. I think it's a much better future. Yeah. And why, why does it make more sense for it to happen at the domain level than the wallet level? Well, again, I think the biggest problem here is people losing their keys. Uh, so you need to make sure that if you have one level of abstraction up, it's easier to build in backups and security around a name. And then also names are more memorable. So if I need to share my name to someone else to do a lookup, right, verbally, for instance, or even if I need to type it in, uh, I don't want to have to, you know, copy paste my wallet address across all those different places. So I think it's a huge improvement in UX and then also for uh, consumer uh, security. So I think those are the those are the two. And I think that's enough, really. So far, so good. Yeah, totally. Well, great, great examples there. So we just covered some some places where reputation and, and web two. So we talked about, you know, work, proof of humanity that can also extend to like your license, for example. Uh, we have car titles that proves car ownership. And there are, I thought of awards at work. Like I've worked at a company that used Workday. I got ferocious integrity, passionate service awards. And once I left that company, those awards got, you know, deleted in the system probably. And I guess it's just, do I want to put that on my LinkedIn or, or something like that? But it would be awesome to, to collect reputation from across all the places I work, which kind of leads me into another talking point I want to have with you is how much of our reputations are missed because we have poor ways of tracking them. Like we just covered a couple ones in real life that we do track but which ones are missed? And to kick it off, I'll just say, you know, brand loyalty is the biggest one that I think of. I mean, I think 99% plus of your reputations are missed. And it's actually the thing that people, we use a lot of heuristics, right? In order to kind of make determinations on reputation. So, uh, you know, we judge what college you went to, right? And then when on your resume, we'll take a look at it and see like how quickly uh, you've advanced through your career, things like that. So we have some, yeah, everyone has heuristics when they're taking a look at you for different areas uh, to interact with you. But wouldn't it just be so much better if you had the data <laughs> on these people? So so like instead of just judging someone by what college they came from, you actually, you know, know that they had a 3.9 GPA, right? Because you could, and you could prove it. And then instead of just seeing how quickly someone advanced through their career, you could also see the reputation that they had among their peers while they were working there, like you were saying at Workday. So I think it's a lot. This is why I also think we're going to have just so much more data or at least proof of that data that's going to be verified on chain uh, over the next decade because it's just a ton of stuff. There's all sorts of things like anytime you have an interaction for any payment that you make, you're interacting with a new database. And the most people do, I don't know what the visa numbers are, but it's a several transactions per day. So those are like, so I think most people in their everyday life are interacting with more than two distinct databases that have information about them. And this is everything from where you buy your coffee and your relationship to your coffee place, to uh, your healthcare provider, to the gym that you go to. So just think every time you spend money, that's another database, right? So all of those different places are areas where you could potentially have a reputation. I mean, if you go to the gym six days a week, probably your health insurance payment should be lower than mine because you're making it there more frequently than I am. And and like, again, assuming you respect people's privacy for the information that they want to share, that is the type of information that could really improve all sorts of products and services and give people a better chance to demonstrate their abilities who may have non-traditional backgrounds. 
Yeah, I, I saw something recently that was talking about how consumerism in America was very focused on like the buying the product and now it's shifting from to a more experience focused consumer journey. So like where we want to buy the suitcase with the nice packaging and when I don't know you you buy from a small business and you get a a personalized note that comes along with whatever you bought like these experiences make your I don't know make your shopping experience better. So I see a lot of these a lot of these items that you listed off around purchase history, you know, gym gym memberships, like all that kind of stuff, education, adding the reputation layer adds an experience layer to it. And all of a sudden you go from simply shopping day to day to building a clearer picture of who you are, what you represent, what your shopping habits say about you, and that can unlock. Not only does that provide a a digital picture of who you are, right? And I think we're going to be wanting to to showcase that more as we progress in life. But it also unlocks really interesting experiences that we've touched on in a couple pods. But like, you know, imagine you're the number one coffee drinker at your lo- local coffee shop. The one I just had one open on the corner of my street, and it'd be awesome to have a reputation history with them that's you know built in, verifiable on the blockchain that gives me rewards or perks or something like that. I think it's coming. We do have a lot of tooling to build in order to get there, but I think that like first steps are being made in that direction. And one thing that we've got actually coming out is badges. And this is like our, and you see this, there's a lot of Web3 companies right now who are interested in allowing people to show their affinity to their application or, or what have you. And this is something that we're very excited about because this is kind of one of our first touches on Web3 reputation at Unstoppable. And, you know, we've done Humanity Check before, and that's also like, you know, more of the regulated product side, but this is much more for uh, consumer apps. So just to show that you have participated in certain protocols or, you know, maybe you're like a really heavy user of this app or that app. Let me jump in right here and just say, okay, hold on. I, I wish I had a, a buzzer right now. I'd be pressing a buzzer that would go down, down, down. Like this is a big product announcement and, and a product launch. So again, Unstoppable is just unveiling badges. It's a new feature built into your NFT domain and and really central to this reputation topic that we're talking about. So we've talked about user experience and how NFT domain names improve that user experience for everybody interacting with crypto. I mean, you you mentioned it just a minute ago when I asked you about wallets and it's like NFT domains create a human readable layer to your wallet address. That's a better experience. How how do these badges add to that experience that uh, people people are going to be experiencing when interacting with names or their domain profiles and such? Yeah, so one of the components of your reputation and, you know, if you want it to be portable is you also want it to be visible. And so one of the things that people are, have been really excited about is like showing their support for different projects on their profiles. And so they'll post things about them. And what we want to do is make a more programmatic way for you to show your support for projects as you travel around to different places online. And, you know, of course we're going to start inside the web three community. And uh, so one of the ways to do that is to have some sort of uh, symbol and like everyone is, probably familiar at this point if you've played around with crypto with like proof of attendance protocol uh, POAP and then and then people have different NFTs for different projects lots of projects have dropped 
uh, special NFTs or swag uh, to the users. And we're trying to automate this with your with your digital identity as your NFT domain. And this way, as a user or as, as a person, when you're going around on the internet and you're using a bunch of different apps, you're just interacting with them like you would anyway. And your data is all being collected, right? Because it's on the blockchain, uh, but for you already. So you don't have to worry about collecting it up. And, and we're going to help sort that data and uh, curate it so that applications when they interact with you and you come and you come there with the you know login with domain you use your nft domain as your reputation on that app uh, they can then uh, ask for your permission and with your permission create special badges for you like basically create nfts that represent you know like hey you're a number one uniswap user right and th- this is a this is something that people in web3 have been playing around with for i guess since DeFi summer, when people wanted to get badges for their uh, DeFi for their participation in different DeFi protocols, and it's something that we think is more generalizable to basically every type of application. So this is us, and we pick badges specifically because uh, we think it's low friction. <laughs> your your blockchain transactions are already public, so we didn't feel like this was too much of a ask on privacy. And then we're also looking to make sure that apps are asking for your permission um, when they do issue you a badge so that you know you you have some agency on whether or not you want to have this thing but this is just a one way for you to show when you're on one app you can imagine logging into another app and then they can see your your badge so like i talked about at the very beginning of this podcast it's like hey if you applied to be like the treasurer at you know, a DAO. It's like, well, you, it would be great if you had a badge that said you were on the treasury team at the three other DAOs that you're at before then. And that's the type of thing that we want you to bring. So you can, when you go in there and you apply for a job, you're like, see, look, I got the badge. And then those badges are verified because they can see the signature from those applications. And that that's going to open up more doors for people. So I, I said earlier that NFT domains make your wallet address human readable. Badges make your on-chain transactions human-readable. So all those transactions that we have that are lost in the blockchain, we all know they exist on the blockchain, and you can. But who, who really knows how to search for them? You have to be technical to do so, and to then start putting the puzzle pieces together to show what they really were, what those transactions represent. And these badges are the first, the first attempt at making those transactions like leveling it up a layer to to the human layer and we get to showcase those with our our friends and our community and so you know with these badges that we're rolling out they're very nft heavy right now it's focused on nft communities that you're in the level of how early you were if you were if you were minting a project or did you buy it on secondary do you hold a board ape do you hold a moonbird do you hold a crypto punk etc but what other actions do you think we are going to be wanting to celebrate? Do you have any recommendations or, or thoughts on where these go after simply showcasing? I mean, you mentioned the treasury example. Any other thoughts? So we'd love to hear from apps on on this. And so if you are an app developer and listening to this, you know, let us know. And we're starting to do more like fireside chats, I guess, in our BD teams to talk with apps because we want to hear from app developers and really what we want to help you do at Unstoppable Domains is really around like spam control, uh, curation, and then surfacing of this data for both users and apps. Because like you're saying, like if it's not, if if you can't see it as a person, then, you know, it's, it's like it's not even there, even if you have that history. So you're not getting credit for things that you're doing already right now. And then on the app side, we just want to make tools for so that it can be automated. And because all of this exists already. And 
But the thing is, is you just can't scale it up if it's very manual to do each of these things. So there's a lot of tooling around that. And that's where Ensemble Domains is going to be. So we really want to help be the platform for bringing these types of interactions uh, forward for people. And we want people to get creative. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you are running a DeFi protocol or a DAO or, or what have you, there's all, all sorts of things you could do. And we'll do some things as well for the Unstoppable Domains community, um, specifically uh, things around learning, because we, we really want people to try out a lot of different things on their, on their crypto journey. Um, and we'll see where it goes. Kind of what I'm hearing right now, and I want to make it very clear for anyone listening to the pod is, you know, right now, Unstoppable is determining what what actions are eligible for this first round of badges as we start rolling out these features. But it sounds like you're really thinking about and the product team is really thinking about how we see the badge ecosystem becoming interoperable with other dApps. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. So we don't want to actually be making the decisions on what's what, as long as we have double opt-in, right? meaning from like the person, because we don't want people to get spammed. So you you need to ask people before you just spam them with stuff. So you got to get like a signed transaction from that, from that, like, this is the goal is that the person is going to permission you to take, you know, to, to assign them a badge. And then you're going to sign a transaction that says, yes, this is a legit one. Uh, and then just like OpenSea or these other places who, you know, double check the reputation on certain collections because there's going to be fraud out there. We're going to try to also provide some help on that side. We'll see what we can do there to help prevent because scammers are going to scam. But yeah, ultimately it should be determined by other people because we don't know what's the coolest thing inside of your application, right? And and like I have friends who have games in the space. Some of the games are fighting games, for instance, and they have like a champion of the week or whatever. And maybe that's a pretty cool badge to have. And then I'm not a big Axie Infinity player, but there's some pretty cool things, you know, axes are on chain, so you can see a lot of that, but maybe there's some cool stuff there as well that they'd want to represent, or maybe you're, you know, a level hundred warlock or whatever. Uh, and that's something that the game developers want to want you to be able to portably take around to other places. And it, you, you can make that a badge. And then for that badge, you can see that the app has signed it and verify that that's true. And then you can also see the user has signed it to accept it to make sure that's true. So we want that double opt-in to happen. We think that's that's kind of where we're headed. And then as far as determining it, we just want to help build the tools to make this more possible for people uh, to interact with. And what's cool is we're focusing on the public aspect here first. So we can talk about, uh, we'll eventually get to more use cases for reputation where it's private. And, you know, there's some things you don't want other everyone to see. But for the public ones, it also helps create more community between apps because you'll be able to see, like if you have a new... Uh, NFT app that is a gaming app, like a, a blockchain gaming app or something, it'd be kind of cool if you could see the other games that people played, right, that you were interacting with on that game. And that may be something that's they would want to support inside the UX so people could say, oh my god, you play this game too, uh, join this Discord, blah, 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 blah. And it creates a much better community because you're able to bring more of yourself into each of these uh, applications. And that's one of the big things that we're trying to tackle at Unstoppable Domains. Like, you know, the big problems that we face in this space I think one of those is people aren't able to bring their full selves into their interactions on the internet. And we, if we can enable that, hopefully we'll bring a better sense of community online and make things less divisive. Mm, I like that a lot. That's a, that's a really interesting way of thinking about it is how you bring more of yourself to the digital world and using those badges to start representing that. Cause I guess I could pop up in, you know, I, either a DAP or a community that I'm in. I'm, I'm a Moonbirds holder right now. And 
when I jump into like the Moonbirds Discord or they actually have a, a little web app too where you can see your nested bird like in, and you can see other people's. I can see their NFT, their Moonbird, but I can't really see anything else about them. And I could totally see a world where all of a sudden I can click on their, their, their Moonbird and instead of just seeing the traits they have, I can see the badges uh, behind that person that they bring with them from the other communities they're in too. You know, assuming Moonbirds built that into their application, right? But if it's all on chain and it's and it's information that's accessible, you can start building in those experiences and really get deeper understanding and connections online. So I, I think that from a connection standpoint, that's something I love about technology. Like my mom, she grew up in South Africa, born and raised there, moved here after she married my dad and just was, and then I moved from the East Coast to the West Coast uh, after college. And when I moved, she was like, I was like, mom, aren't you sad? And then she said, no, I'm not sad at all. When I moved away from my mom, we couldn't even talk on the, like the phone. We couldn't FaceTime. I can call you anytime I want. So it's not, you're not going that far. And I was like, at one point I was a little happy about it, but at the same time I was kind of wanting my mom to be a little bit more sad about me moving. I think what I'm getting to here is like the technology over time has just been connecting us more and more and more. And this is a really interesting way to get another layer of granularity around who someone is online and being able to showcase that everywhere you go. Sorry, that a little tangent there, but we got you fired up. <laughs> uh, yeah, you talk about technology and connection. It's, it's a cool thing. So to get a little bit more on the details of badges, is there anything you want to share there? You've mentioned a couple times around the privacy aspect. So are all these badges something that's just viewable to everybody or are you able to pick and choose what's kind of on your public profile, even though transactions do all live on the blockchain? So a couple of things there, like, first of all, we definitely want you to be able to curate on your side, right? Uh, and because if you can't curate, then people are just going to end up spamming you. And we want you to be able to you know, agree to what what is you know what is actually your badge so we want two-way uh, agreement on that and then as far as viewed on your profile yeah we also also you should be able to choose kind of like what you choose what's uh, showing up on your on your linkedin as well so and then you're also going to have some things that you want to be able to have a badge for like you want that verification to exist right but you may want that verification to remain private until you until you want to reveal it to a very specific person so that's something else that we're also looking into where you might want to get a badge for being like a top trader on a defi app but you only want to disclose that to other defi apps because you know you just don't want everyone to know that about you on chain so something like that could be where you store a proof or a hash or merkle root of that badge on chain, maybe with a bunch of other stuff that you're storing as well. And then the data where you can look that up will be, will live external. You can imagine it on any other kind of external storage, but everything from AWS to IPFS. And so those you could selectively reveal to people. We're not the first people to think about selectively revealing information about yourself. Again, I'll mention Zcash because they were super early to this <laughs> and, and Zuko and them have done a great job over there like saying when you have cryptocurrency transactions, like you need to be able to choose when you show them and when you don't. And that's one of their, you know, one of the things that they do over there. Uh, but this same thing applies to reputation. And like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, I think the two big things you're going to be using blockchains and crypto tech for are going to be money and reputation. And it's kind of curious because, you know, if you think about it, 
reputation is kind of like non-fungible money, right? Because every person has a different reputation, right? They're, your reputation is unique to who you are and money is like the fungible aspect of that. So, and the fungible stuff is, is ahead on the technology and ahead on the adoption. It's actually easier to build, but I think the reputation stuff is just as interesting and that's what we're focused on doing there. So we're lucky because we get to steal a lot of great ideas that we've already seen happening in the cryptocurrency space. And so same thing with badges. Like sometimes you want to have something be public. Sometimes you want to have it be private. You definitely should be in charge of curating it. And we're going to continue to work towards making that the case as best as we can at Unstoppable Domains. Great. You know, thanks for explaining that. I know that's going to be a, a popular question once people start diving into this. So we've done a really great deep dive on badges and reputation. Can you paint a picture here on how this reputation history can unlock new opportunities just in a, in a clear way? We've, we've talked a lot about it, but maybe there is a specific type of example you want to showcase on how this badge could then provide opportunities for users who do display them. Specifically around badges, I think that you know the examples I gave earlier are pretty good. Like if you want to participate in different DAOs, you know, being able to prove that you've done that uh, before. But I guess more holistically, like what's going to happen if we actually have on-chain reputation systems? Like what's going to change about the way that people interact? So the biggest thing that's going to happen for you is personal utility. It's going to be a lot easier for you to move data between your different types of applications that's verified. So you should be able to get a lot more personalized experiences in interacting with uh, every application, web two, web three, doesn't matter as you move across them. So like you should expect a lot more web personalization and people have been talking about personalizing the web for a long time. You already have a lot of personalization on your you know, search engine, like they know what region you're in. So when you say like restaurant, it shows something close to you, right? But it's going to get even better. And if you, one of the problems you have right now on the internet is there is a lot of junk out there. So if we are going to filter out the noise, right, then one of the ways we can filter out the noise is by increasing the quality of the uh, information that you're using to um, make experiences for users. And so users being able to bring the reputation and all this data with them, I think is going to improve user experience. So that should save you time. The other thing that's kind of interesting and it's emergent. So if you have a reputation system, it's also going to make it a lot easier for you to do search and discovery. And like you're talking about, hey, if I was in a, if I was in my Moonbirds Discord, it'd be cool if I could see the other things that people were in, right? Because they had a Moonbird and more easily, right? There's an easier way to surface that because, like we're saying, right now at least in Web three, all this stuff is already on chain anyway, right? And we'll have more private stuff and we'll have more on chain stuff and and the amount of stuff will grow. But there's already a lot out there that's on chain, and we just want to surface this information. And so what you pointed out was actually search and discovery. Like if you want to find out about new products, find out about new stuff, one of the best ways that you do that is by asking your friends or the people you're hanging out with. And like if you see me at, you know, a local sports bar or something and I'm wearing a Falcons t-shirt because I am from Atlanta, you immediately know that I'm a Falcons fan because you can see it sitting right there on my t-shirt, right? Without having to ask me a bunch of questions about it. And the same thing will happen here if you can have more of your digital reputation surfaced in an easy way for users to understand, like either visually or however it gets displayed in the UX, that's, that's going to increase the the ability for consumers to discover things they might be interested in. And that's important because if you think about it, a large part of your life is trying to figure out what you want to do or like what you're interested in. And so if we can, and 
everyone is online now. So if we just surface more of that information, I think it's going to make it a lot better for people in their day-to-day interactions. And there's definitely some Black Mirror episodes on this, which are pretty funny if you if you go in and you look at. So there's definitely downsides. But I think that the amount of time that people will save um, and just from the improved user experiences that they'll have and their ability to find and surface information quicker will more than make up from uh, some of those downsides as long as we build in privacy. Totally. I wonder if there's good analogies you can kind of use for it. Like, are badges coming to Web3 and the internet equivalent of the movies going from black and white and no sound to like IMAX and and in color? You know what I mean? Like, it's adding, you, you talked about the, the discoverability and you're adding just the layers on top of, you know, our digital identity and in the same way that cinema and entertainment has added layers on top of you know the things we consume and they make it more enriching so i was trying to think of a really good analogy that was the first one that popped in my head i'm sure there are better ones search and discoverability is really cool yeah and i think that you know i'm always just looking like how are we going to save people time and and, and money for the new technology because that's what technology is doing right and and i think that we've been missing this for 20 plus years on the internet right now because you just you really don't have a portable reputation system um, and once we have this it's going to unlock a lot of uh interactions for apps and like we were talking about earlier there's there's millions of creative app developers out there who are looking for ways to uh have better user experiences or and, and then create communities that are that people get more from. And we've talked about that previously on some of these podcasts. I think it's coming. So I'm super excited, still super early building the rails here, but uh, we're trying to take as many steps as we can. Yeah, awesome. Well, two more questions I got for you. One is about utility. So Unstoppable has been super focused on adding utility to NFT domains over time. And we've really, in the last couple months, I feel like it's gone hyper-focused. So Humanity Check, that's Off-Chain Data Association, added avatar support to our profiles. So adding personal identity and brand, badges, hit on reputation. Are there any more product roadmap updates that you wanna start teasing out or or is is badges really the, the focus for the foreseeable future? We have plenty more to come. I don't wanna tease out anything until we're closer to release, but we're gonna keep building on top of this. And like I tell my team, the uh, reputation is multifaceted and it includes in your identity and your reputation include not just one or two things about yourself, but you know, one or 2000 things about yourself. So we have a, a long way to go to build the, all of the, you know, the protocol layer type technology so that we can enable people to start putting more and more information about themselves into a verifiable digital identity. And that's what we're going to be focused on. So if you look at it, like we're, we're first going to start with aggregating this on-chain data and we're going to you know, do that and iterate on that. And then we're going to talk to the apps that we're interacting with and talk, discuss with them about what types of things they might want so that they could uh, build in, you know, badges or reward systems for their users. So that's, that's coming soon. So I think, I guess I can leak rewards. I think rewards are definitely on the roadmap and they're coming. And the whole time we're going to open up more ways for you to store more information about yourself. And, you know, the little slogan that I have internally is we want you to bring, be able to bring your full self online. And one of the big steps on that is being able to shove more data about yourself in a portable, verifiable way. And we think that, you know, if we can stuff all that into an NFT domain and allow you to take that NFT domain around with you to the internet and then allow all these applications to read that data and verify it, that's how we're going to get that flywheel spinning. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And last question for you is, 
how do you think about non-transferable NFTs? And I ask because a lot of the stuff we covered with badges today is tied to one user. So, you know, do you think about these being transferable? I see a term shared online called soulbound NFTs and and are these are these NFTs that are tied to just you? Is that how you see badges playing? Is that a good thing? So these bound NFTs, um, which people are calling soulbound NFTs, I think, where they can't be transferred or whatever, that's just one subset, right, of your identity. So again, like your identity is just thousands of things that you have about yourself. And there may be cases where you want to have some subset of that identity bound for whatever reason. So I think there's there's use cases for that. I haven't spent a lot of time with it. And just another way to think about it is you can take anything that is a portable you know badge or identifier and then you can you can make it non-transferable by by putting it into a smart contract or something you can't go the other way we think that we're going to build the systems mostly to be transferable so that users have more options and then we'll look at putting safeguards in place around important subsets of that for instance uh, kyc data aml for banking right that may be important that like okay if you need to transfer that then every time you have to go back through that process just for a security precaution in which case that would be that would be an example of something that could be sold down so i think you'll have both types on that one i mean i think it's cool for people to be playing around with tech and there's going to be again like i said this is just the start. There's, I, I just can't imagine. There are thousands, if not tens of thousands of pieces of individual data about yourself that you're going to collect over your, you know, 50 years online, right? We're going to have, we're going to have kids soon that have 50 years of online experience in another couple of decades. Um, and all, not all that's being lost right now, but I think that a lot of that stuff we could, we could save. Yeah. Well, awesome. I, I appreciate the deep dive on the topic today on on-chain reputation, as always, I learned a lot. This helps me think about how I should be considering reputation in Web3 and just the different components and the, the facets that you have to consider. So appreciate the deep dive. And I'm I'm excited for these this badge rollout and to see which ones I have. I know that it's, like I said, it's NFT focused at first, but a lot of them will be added in the future. So it's, a, it's an exciting addition to the profile. So Appreciate your time, Matt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're gonna have to do something in Unstoppable to see who can collect the most badges, right? For for all the apps <laughs> that are that are logged in. So we'll see, like who, who can get to who can get to a hundred badges from supported apps first, something like that. We'll talk with the community team, but more is coming here, and this is just you know again part of like we want people to surface more of their data about themselves as as they're moving around online. Uh, I think badges are a great way to see that, and uh, we're excited. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Unstoppable Podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please follow along, subscribe, leave a review if you found this insightful. And if you're on YouTube, drop a subscribe and a like. It goes a really long way. I appreciate it. With that, we'll see you next Wednesday. Unstoppable episodes drop every single Wednesday. I'm not missing one. So we'll see you there. We'll see you in the metaverse. Peace out. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Unstoppable Podcast. If something we said today resonated with you, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share this with your friends. And remember, this conversation doesn't have to end here. Tweet us your questions, thoughts, and ideas to Unstoppable Web. I look forward to hearing from you, and thank you so much for listening.